0: Are you cyber confident? Do you know what your digital footprint is? Do you understand the reasons you're a cyber target? In this podcast series, you'll learn what it means to be cyber confident both at work and at home. Because when it comes to cybersecurity, the front line is you. I'm Josella Waldron and in this episode you'll hear from Graham Webber, a serving soldier who's also a trained hypnotherapist. So what has hypnotherapy got to do with cybersecurity? Well, a lot more than you might think. Graham will explain more shortly, but first of all I asked him to tell me a bit more about himself and how he got into hypnotherapy.
1: Yeah, so my name is graham Webber. i've i've been in the military now for 18 years i serve with the royal electrical mechanical engineers but i also have an interest in hypnosis and hypnotherapy i actually run my own little side business as a hypnotherapist in my spare time a hypnosis trainer and i own an online cpd training uh, which is continual professional development i got into hypnosis now it was about actually about 12 years ago i was actually just thinking before i i always say 10 years but i realize i'm actually getting older i started off in magic you know, I always used to love entertaining people, doing a magic trick and, and their faces going, wow, how would you do it? But I always knew there was a secret behind it, whether I was palming a card, whether I was, I was just using misdirection to make them not look somewhere. And then on magic websites, all of a sudden hypnosis started to be shown more and more. There was a bloke called Anthony Jackwin. And he had DVDs called The Manchurian Approach and Truby Connection. And I started watching these and and I could never understand it. Like many people, um, the skeptics out there, shall we say, the ones who think it isn't real, I too thought it wasn't real. But I wanted to look more and more into it because I believe there was the, if someone else is doing something, it must be able to be achieved. So I kept practicing and practicing, buying different courses, trying on different people and stuff. But I could never get this thing called hypnosis to happen. And it was actually four years later when um, when I was doing a magic trick, someone said to me, "Oh, did you do anything else?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a hypnotist. I'll go on then." So I literally just went straight in with it, more confidence than I'd ever had before. And um, with just a little bit of playing and stuff, you know, I've got him for, forgetting his name, how to count, and little things. Obviously, brought him back to normal. Normal being, which I'll go into a little bit more. Obviously, just remembering his names and things. And yeah, it was just that moment then when I realised that it was real magic. That led to me learning. Know, doing more Street which complemented my magic I then ended up doing a little bit of stage hypnosis to entertain other troops and stuff and then I come across a friend who had chronic PTSD Lo not be I didn't know at this point uh, he ended up confiding in me and I wanted to know how we could do some more to assist I looked into different courses did free well not free, 15 pound voucher courses which were literally were worth the money that you can imagine I then went on some diplomas which you know, you find different trainers, and eventually I come across a guy called Carl Smith from the UK Hypnosis Academy, who's actually ex-serviceman soldier as well. And obviously, due to the fact of how we connected, I knew it was the right course for me. uh Went away, learnt hypnotherapy, and started to make a business from there. Obviously, some of it for me was because I'd already done street and stage stuff. I already had a good understanding of hypnosis and what it was. It was just applying the therapy sides to it. And yeah, you know, with with, with own personal journey, doing some stuff with weight and and uh, helping many others, I then ended up getting asked to come back with my teaching qualifications out through the military to work with him, and I now teach one day hypnosis introductions and something called kinetic shift, which is an nice eyes open modality which can help people. It was created for trauma, but it can help in many many different ways.
0: Wow. So I imagine a lot of people are thinking, what are you doing on this? podcast about cyber security but you're here to talk to us about social engineering. What is social engineering?
1: So it's quite a good question. I thought to myself should I Google it and then I thought maybe not. So so for me personally it's how the world's going around you. Social engineering is in a big different um, complex at the moment with social media with um, just day to day life, how people react from social media, which leads into it. It's quite interesting actually, social engineering is massive at the moment. I'm a big fan of TikTok for being able to advertise business. And one of my friends has got a video at the moment where he's just just casual music in the background. And all the video says is, I believe, and then it says that everyone should have 100% vacations enforced on them, and that includes you. And the amount of people who read vacations at the moment is vaccinations they get so stroppy over it because vaccinations is the top end of everyone's thoughts at the moment. And obviously that also creates a split divide of what people believe uh, should be enforced onto them. So for me, social engineering is people living their life, but also receiving stuff via the social aspect, which in turn changes their neurological pathways into how they think they should be living their life without realising an unconscious level.
0: Have you had any personal experience with social
1: engineering? I think no one can say that they haven't, personally. Whether it's, like I say, over the last year with the pandemic, there's moments I thought, I'm not gonna have the injection, I am gonna have the injection. I never ever thought Bill Gates was putting any sort of chip in my arm. But um, again, a lot of people seem to think it. So for me, I definitely have before. What, I couldn't tell you because I was living my life. But what I can say is that I can spot a lot of changes As it's going along and I I, I like to question what is happening at that time to try and keep myself on a path as best as possible.
0: So social engineering is defined as a form of psychological manipulation of individuals. What role does manipulation itself play in social engineering and carrying out cyber attacks?
1: So this is quite a, obviously for, for that point, for cyber attacks obviously someone's got to be able to get into someone's personality and able to change them on a personal level now a lot of people try and think that hypnosis can achieve this and it 100 percent can't all hypnosis can actually do is change people on a personal level so like i said before when the very first time i attempted hypnosis and it, i was able to achieve it all i was able to do is actually change someone's name or the way they counted that was something that's very personal to them which which is very simple because you also tag a different event onto it like right, trying to remember someone's name. So when it comes to cyber attacks, everyone who has to go through that industry has to go through a massive amount of levels of checks. Not only that, they also realize what their actual business or, or their position is worth to them and if their worth is more than anything else than to be able to give away information, then there's always a inbuilt an alarm system that will always prevent that information from being given away. And the reason I say this is because, you know, I've had many a times where I believe I failed at hypnosis with someone, but then later on found out that really I was encroaching something very personal to them. The biggest similarity is rapport building. Within hypnosis, you have to have rapport with someone. When you have rapport, you can achieve hypnosis. If I was to just walk up to someone, snap my fingers and say sleep, that person would probably punch me in the face because at the end of the day, you have to have some sort of engagement with someone. If you was just in a bar with someone, you said, look, I'm a hypnotist, I can do something, but then went on to do magic, for example, the thought in the back of their mind would be, oh, he's a hypnotist and probably ask me another question. If they ask me a question that allows me to know that they want to engage in something. Typically, like um, I'd mentioned a minute ago, if someone's in cyber engineering and they've already gone through security checks, they are not going to want to try and engage with me because I believe they'll be encroaching into something which they're not allowed to, that they would have signed for somewhere. So yeah, like I have to always make sure I make people aware what's gonna happen. As I mentioned before, the very first time I did hypnosis, that first person, all I'd said is a hypnotist. And, I'm, and from obviously talking with my pre-talk and stuff, I was able to achieve it. After that moment, I literally said, you're the first person I've ever hypnotized. Someone else then said, oh yeah, can I be hypnotized? Went to do it again and I never managed to achieve it. And I only realized later it's because someone then realized that he was only all of a sudden my second person I'd hypnotized and what if it went wrong? So naturally he would have had that defense system which would have stopped him from being able to achieve it and push it into that. So like I said, you're never going to be able to get past people's protection system and secrets. Now, one of these big things is like programs such as Darren Brown, who I'm a massive fan of, but um, whenever you see his programs, be it the heist where he hypnotized someone in order to hold people up and rob money, or any one of them programs, uh, you may have seen your back in the room, which was done by Adam Barry a while ago. Every single person you see on them shows has got a purpose as to why they're there. Whether it was just seen in a paper saying that they wanted to be on a show or apply for it, they've applied for a show. They may not know it's hypnosis, but already an unconscious bias is saying, I want to do the best I can on this show. If you took your back in the room, then people know they can win up to 30,000 pounds or whatever the prize money was. So when it comes to it, they have to go through rigorous amounts of filters. I'm pretty sure if you're back in the room, it's something like 30,000 people applied at first and then you filtered it down to the, however many people it was you have seen in the end. But what they'd be doing is looking for the people who were the most sunambulistic who could respond to different things. And considering the amount of people who started, it shows there's very little amount of people who who could be there. So when it comes to that judgement and everything being put in place, it's very unlikely that you would actually ever find someone who, by very little rapport, you can actually achieve a lot of things with. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So would you say that social engineering classes as a form of mind control, what would you say the similarities are between hypnosis and social engineering?
1: I definitely wouldn't say it's mind control at all because hypnosis isn't mind control. All it is is for a moment changing the neurological pathway or making something think. You'd also find a lot of people can't always access that part of their brain. In some cases, hypnosis is a factor of people going along with what you are saying. All it is is that because you've built that rapport, you can make them believe for a slight moment that something is being changed when it comes to hypnotherapy all you're doing is allowing them moments of realization to be anchored into a place so for future they can resourcefully access it again so yeah when it comes to that sort of thing for the social engineering of psychology hacks and and everything else that's going on through social media and stuff the only way I truly believe that anyone can ever be engaged And taking a step further is by some form of narcissism where someone's befriending someone inspiring them in a way and basically talking them through this situation to a point where a point of failure happens and then bribery etc can be jumped upon in order to to make a breach
0: so what kind of methods may cyber criminals use to manipulate their victims and who are the targets of this
1: yeah, so, so if if cyber criminal, like I just said a minute ago, if they are going to try and target someone, then they're going to be looking for someone who um, is weak. They probably would have already tracked on social media. If someone's constantly putting stuff on there that they're feeling down, um, lonely. Uh, obviously, in the last year with the pandemic, if there's lots and lots of complaints about that sort of thing, they'll be looking for people who are w- weak in that sort of manner. They may put some sort of phishing, email out text message whatever and see if you click the link and if you follow these sort of patterns then what they'll be looking for is what's classically known as an in in order to be able to take that next step in order to see if something else can go because if they see already that their social presence is already showing weakness in one way or another then you follow the fish link. it's like it's like a typical business funnel they'll then go into trying to befriend that person and work from there making them trying to feel less lonely and given some sort of reassurance in some way or another
0: are there any other kind of behaviors and actions that individuals can look out for to detect if they're being targeted
1: oh good question it's quite a difficult one really because it could be absolutely anything like I said before questioning questioning techniques whether they're trying to do a lot of open questions to get you talking again they could be overcomplimentive just to make you feel better about yourself trying to pick you up but then on the reverse side they could try and make you feel really rubbish about yourself because of something that could be very menial but it's just to be able to take that strength and use it against you later on.
0: So obviously being victim to a cyber attack can be really tough. What kind of emotions do individuals usually experience after becoming victim to that sort of breach?
1: Yeah, so without trying to, to suggest this to, or anything to anyone, I would presume self-doubt personally. And you'll probably get anxiety towards whether it'll happen again because if there has been a slip somewhere, then obviously that's going to make you think, oh no, what if it happened again? And you'd naturally have that anxious thought that, you know, you've broken some sort of security code. But obviously this also depends on the level of attack that would have took place, because if, let's say, you know, I don't think there's very many people in the world who hasn't had a Facebook password hack. You know, everyone has to reg- they regularly get a message from a friend, which all of a sudden they realize shouldn't have actually been sent to them. And then they're constantly changing their passwords and things. But if obviously it was something that like, you know, you're giving away bank details where information can be took or uh, high extreme security information from somewhere, then, then clearly that's going to be a different outcome. But yeah, obviously you just need to realize that how many days you've lived, without doing it to be able to, and, and the one that it may have happened, uh, and maybe look at them patterns and, and go back through and retrace.
0: So Graham, if an individual does fall victim to a social engineering attempt, what are the next steps, both in protecting their information and their emotional well-being?
1: Yeah, so obviously, instantly you wanna be looking at password resets and stuff, but personally, I'd suggest writing everything down in a logical order of what you can remember. Looking for information, how many times in the past that you've been okay. As I said just before, let's say, for example, you could be working for a business for 50 years and allowing one day to take over if something big, small, whatever's happened, then actually realizing that the 50 years that everything was okay, it wouldn't mean that you're necessarily prone, but being able to write everything down and look at it, you can see the patterns that maybe would have changed and you'll be able to store your thoughts better. If you've ever heard of the chimp paradox, Basically, the way the brain works, you've got the left side for the emotional, uh, right side for intellect. And what they're doing is the brain constantly talks to each other and it passes through the amygdala through the center. But if the brain's not working, not necessarily talking properly, it won't talk to either side. And that one event, just like a trauma event and stuff like that, will sit in the emotional side and won't ever be filed. So, what will happen is a conflict of person or thoughts and personality will take place feeling like that attacks constantly going to happen this is when anxiety and stuff arises so for me one of the typical things I like to guide people towards is something called bilateral stimulation some people will do it without even realizing when they're sat at the table or something they grab like some people like to have a juggling ball at a table I don't know if you've ever noticed that and they'll just throw a juggling ball from hand to hand and if you keep thinking about that event and juggling watching the ball going from left to right or you could do it with anything a pen just holding the pen and passing that over what it actually does is allows the left-hand side of the brain to talk to the right-hand side of the brain and vice versa. And eventually, because the is going to the intellect, it'll eventually store it and realise that it was in the past. But this is something you've got to keep on top of and do it regularly to allow it to embed. It's not something that just literally will happen in three seconds and you'll be done.
0: So what top tips or advice would you give to those trying to protect themselves from social engineering and cyber attacks?
1: So for me personally, you've got to look out for anyone you don't know trying to become over-friendly. Like I said before, the first signs in my view would be that someone's trying to befriend you. Invites or questions that would not normally expect, then question it. In my industry, through Facebook and such, like, you get a lot of people trying to request you that you, you never ever hear from. You never know if that's just someone trying to look at your business, trying to get in. I've had people email me before trying to do sponsor stuff when you realise it's actually just a scam. And you soon start to become astute to this thing because you can actually look into it and see where it all stands. This can be difficult as someone who wishes to access your information wouldn't tell you that they're doing that. They'll try and find a different reason or they may get on the defense. They may just end up dropping off. So like I said, if you're aware and you challenge, then you'll naturally find out the information they shouldn't need to know and you'll be able to manage that. Just keep your eye on things. Look for patterns. If you're feeling down at the moment, question whether that person is getting in contact for any other sort of purpose don't allow your emotions just to to tell you otherwise a very difficult thing but like i said you know for the nature of the job and things that you're in it's just worth that extra question which can be difficult because emotions trigger off 10 times faster than any sort of natural other body reaction
0: that was graham webber a soldier who's a trained hypnotherapist look out for more episodes in this series. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more by emailing the team at cyberconfident at mod.gov.uk.